Hey, Justin Baldoni here, and I just wanted to say thank you because my new book, Boys Will Be Human, debuted at number three on the New York Times bestseller list. I never in a million years thought it would be possible. There's not even a section in the bookstore for young boys, and it's thanks to you and this community that it happened. If you haven't picked up the book yet, it's available now anywhere you get your books. It's also on Audible. It's called Boys Will Be Human. It's a get real gut check to becoming the strongest, kindest, bravest person you can be. If you know a parent of a 11 to 100-year-old boy, or if you are one yourself, I promise you this book is for you. Boys Will Be Human, available everywhere that books are sold. Coming up on Man Enough. I realized that I was so empathetic growing up that I shut myself off from the world because it was too much. This is why sometimes where I can't watch the news or I can't go on Twitter, and I don't understand why. It's because it's, for me, it's too much for my body. And then when I just try to pretend like I'm okay, it doesn't work. There's an anxiety that has to get released. I'll pull a muscle because the body keeps the score. So at times, being my best friend, it might be hard because there are days where I don't want to get out of bed. There are days where I'm like, why am I doing this? There are days when it does feel like it's too much. Mm. Being man enough, what does that mean? It's really manly to mess up, admit you're wrong, and then grow. I couldn't accept that I was evil. So maybe I'm broken, but those broken things could be corrected. Intimacy between a father and a son is me just wanting to like put my head in your lap. I love you, son. You haven't called me benevolent sexist, but my experience is women are better. Even if it's a positive, it's still not equality. I don't blame men for that. I just blame the system. This is Man Enough. Hello and welcome to Man Enough. Thank you. And uh, we're <laughs> we're doing an episode. I was talking to the audience, but I but but, <laughs> but I'm so happy you're here. Let's be real. We would the show if Liz didn't come back. There'd be it'd be the end. Yeah, it'd be the end. What are we going to do? We, all... There was no version of the show without. I Liz certainly Clark. wouldn't be here because um, we started this before we started rolling. You were talking about a potential guest that we have and if they have a crush on you or not. No mention of me. And then the next question was, could they have a crush on Liz? Still, no mention of me. I How about one time someone says they got a crush on me? There's a lot of people that have crushes on you. A lot of people. There's a lot of people. A lot of people. I, they're in my, they tell me all the time. You got recognized in the streets of LA just oh, walking wow. around. Burbank. 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 You hey, recognize in Burbank? I never got enjoy. recognized in, in Burbank. Hey, let, let's let's get into this. You know, this is going to be the three of us. There's no, There's no guest. celebrity guest or yeah. expert guest. Um, but let's talk. Let's get into some stuff. Mm -hmm. Can I start with Justin? Do you mind? Yes, go. Oh, God. What? I know. I'm so, I'm so happy we're starting with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would love for you to share with uh, those who listen and watch your work that you do on yourself. And let me just preface it with this. I know no man or woman maybe, but certainly not a man that does as much inner work as you. You are constantly, you do work on your body as well, but it's not so much so that you can have this amazing physique. It's more so that spiritually you're in tune and in line, I know that. Um, but you do a lot of therapy. You do um, traditional therapy. You do non-traditional therapy. You're always, working on yourself to the point that I love it. But to the point where I'm like, okay, dude, at what point <laughs> do you just like enjoy the process, you know, where you've gotten? And then I see you get there and then you're doing more work. And then that work I see uh, weighs heavy on you. And then sometimes 
by my estimation, strips you, or at least apparently of your joy because you're so deep in it. Mm-hmm. And then you take a break. So I'm sorry if I'm getting too personal and sharing some of your stuff, but you know, then this is what we're doing. So I want to know what this is for you. <laughs> of course, on the surface, it's we all want to be better, but you do so much of it. Yeah. And you go through so much um, friction that I would love to know what this is all about. Hmm. That's a really, that's a good question. There's a little bit of you being annoyed in there at me. No, I'm not annoyed. <laughs> I just, I spend so much time with you. So, you know, some days I'm like, oh, okay. You know, just, yeah, I want my, I want Justin back. Some days you're like, okay, take a break. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I spent 35 years not looking at the root cause of all of my anxiety, even recognizing I had anxiety, um, not being willing to look at my trauma. Um, And while I was going deep and doing a version of work on myself, it was surface. I, I feel like it was ultimately very surface level. And you know, I'm as I'm married, I pray I'm married once. I have two amazing kids. And there's something that happened to me when I became a father where I realized the stakes were just higher. Mm-hmm. And I think ultimately there's a lot of different ways to get to the same path. You blew up your life, right? You had all this trauma that had happened to you and you had to blow up your life in order to find your way down that path. Now, could you have found your way another way? Of course but that was your unique path. I recognize that there were parts of me that were unsettled, unhealed addictions that I was recognizing that I didn't feel like I had any power over. Um, I was losing myself in work and I wasn't ultimately happy. I was doing all of these things, but I was, I kind of woke up one day and I said, "What, what is my life? What is this thing that I've built? It almost feels like I at one point woke up and I had built what would look like a dream life. Mm-hmm. I had constructed this thing from the outside in and I felt like a prisoner. It was almost like I built my hamster wheel and then couldn't get off. And in order for me to find joy, in order for me to be grateful for what I have, in order for me to show up and be a good husband and not just like a surface good husband that like does the dishes or the laundry, but like an attentive, compassionate, respectful, caring, like empathetic husband, somebody that can hold my wife to be able to do that for my kids and to break the cycle of um, whatever my parents unknowingly passed down to me. I had to go deeper than I ever have before and go darker than I ever have before and go into, as I kind of say in my book, that like the dimly lit basement of my heart and my psyche to understand what was lying at the bottom of that ocean, what was lying at the bottom of that river. And I looked for a lot of different ways. And one of the things for me that I had noticed was over the course of my life, I was developing a lot of injuries. You joke and make fun of me all the time. I was the most fit person who would get hurt the easiest. You're in your 50s. And we'd go play a sport and I would get hurt and not you. But that wasn't just physiological. 
that was because I, for my entire life, had had been carrying lots of weight in my body, lots of trauma, lots of things that had happened to me that I didn't even realize. Other people's pain. You're listening to the Mad Enough Podcast. We'll be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Welcome back to the Mad Enough Podcast. I'll share one thing that that was just uh, something that I realized, I think, uh, within the last six months. Over the last eight or nine years, I had developed a health anxiety, almost, mm-hmm. almost like a hypochondriac to the point where I would get a headache and I would wonder if it was brain cancer. It, was, it would be a thought that entered my mind. It, it would be quick sometimes, but it would just be like, oh, could that be? I'd get a stomach ache or something would happen and I would think it was something else. I'd have a, I'd have a disc bulge in my back and I'd wonder, is that, could, that be, could that be cancer? I was developing this health anxiety and the deeper that I dug into my somatic healing work, um, prayer, um, therapy, energy work, I realized that that anxiety wasn't actually mine. I'd spent 10 years making documentaries about people who were dying of terminal illnesses. And over the course of those 10 years, I became very close with a lot of those people. They became little brothers and little sisters and friends to me. And I lost a lot of them. I made movies about them, clouds, five feet apart. And there were stories of fathers who had two children who ended up with brain cancer and the wives lost their spouse and then had to remarry. And I was suddenly realizing that all my anxiety was actually connected to these people, these friends of mine, because I had told their stories. I'd taken on their energy. I had been there for them. I had taken on the this burden, this bounty of saying, hey, let me be of service to you in your final days and let me get your, your story out to the world. And there was a transference of energy that happened. And what I found is there was probably six or seven of them where their anxieties at the end of their life were literally transferred into my body and I didn't know. Mm. And so I've had to literally disentangle that energy from my body. And it sounds kind of woo woo and hippie and like new age spiritual, but I'd never remembered having any health anxiety 10 years ago before I started doing some of this work. And that's just an example of something that caused me a lot of misery that was sucking my joy. Like that, if you think about health anxiety, it sucks your joy, mm. right? Sure. And, and there's all kinds of different anxiety. And so I had, to, I had to go into that. And for me, what that looks like is stopping. It looks like breathing. It looks like going into what that feeling is and then literally processing it and crying or sobbing or yelling. And sometimes it's not even mine. I realized that I was so empathetic growing up that I shut myself off from the world because it was too much. And I have been... I, which is why sometimes where I can't watch the news or I can't go on Twitter and I don't understand why. It's because it's, for me, it's too much for my body. And that energy lives in my body. And then when I just try to pretend like I'm okay, it doesn't work. There's, a, there's, a, there's an anxiety that has to get released. I'll pull a muscle because we, the body keeps the score. So at times being my best friend, it might be hard, 
because there are days where I don't want to get out of bed. There are days where I'm like, why am I doing this? There are days when it does feel like it's too much. Mm. And then the cloudiness goes away and I can see and I can feel. And now for the first time in my life, I can feel my body. I look in the mirror and I don't have the same body dysmorphia that I've had for 37 years because I'm every day actively finding something that I love about myself, about my body. I'm actively working on reprogramming my brain and going into my body and allowing it to feel the things that I stopped it from feeling. Because what do we know? When we do what, what Bell Hooks says, and we commit an act of soul murder, that, that first act that all of us men commit in a patriarchal society is not violence against women, it is violence against ourselves. When we do that to ourselves, we are cutting ourselves off from our feelings and we are creating stress and pain that lives in our body that eventually will manifest itself in rage and anger, but underneath it is the sadness. It's that darkness that's gotta come out. Mm. So that's a bit of what I've been doing. It looks like, I, you know, I posted a video of me like getting on a table of a guy like working on, on me with energy. Mm -hmm. There's a billion ways to do it. You can do it with breath work. Yeah. You can do the same thing with breath work. You yeah. can do the same thing with prayer and meditation. It doesn't have to cost you thousands of dollars. You don't have to go on retreats. You can, there's way, you can read books and practice. There's all kinds of things, but what it requires is work and commitment and not being afraid what anybody else thinks. And so today at 38 years old, I am more joyful and happier than I've ever been, despite the moments where it seems like, Justin, I want you to find your joy. Because just like a day in Los Angeles or somewhere else where it's cloudy, right behind the cloud is the sun shining bright. But it's I, right there. I also think that type A people need so much therapy, but then they can approach therapy in such a type A way where, they're trying to heal their perfectionism, but then the healing becomes something you have to be perfect at too, right? Sure. And then you're like, I'm failing at feeling mm -hmm. better. And and I good have point. to, you know, I, I know I struggle with that too. And sometimes good I point. have to be like, okay, Liz, we're good. Like yeah. you had like, you know, you went to all these that. meetings or you, right? And to give yourself a break from the, like, are you able to also take a break yeah, from the I, healing? I, <laughs> like, no, no, for sure. So I think it's something so a lot something of people that, struggle that's with. That's something that Emily and I talk about a lot is, to not become addicted to the healing, yeah. right? That's it's right. It, it can be very or easy be even in the program, the healing, right? And that inner critic is so important. That's that's something that I'm very aware of, right? Because there are there have been times, even on my healing journey, where I'm like, no, go deeper, go go deeper. No, you got to get it done. And then the body's like, I'm done. Mm -hmm. Hmm. And you have to listen. And so so much of it is intuition and listening to your body. And if your body says it's done, it's not about pushing through. Yeah. And what happens is for people like me, who were former athletes and all of these things, you were told, especially especially boys, that pain is equal to growth, mm -hmm. right? Um, but that's not always the case. Yeah. Sometimes pain is just a signal to stop. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that's what I've had to kind of overcome and learn on my healing journey is like, okay, my voice is telling me to go deeper. My body's saying, you're really tired. You know what, rest. Doing nothing has been the hardest thing for me that I've ever done in my entire life. It's not, it is the, you're not used to that. I call it an anti-verb. Yeah. Do nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's the opposite of what our society and our system yes. tells us that we should be doing. Yes. Our productivity and our worth in a patriarchal system is tied to our output. And our output is our value. So yeah. we are only enough if they think we're enough, if you think that I'm enough, if the audience thinks that I'm enough, if this has enough views, if other men think I'm enough. Mm -hmm. The idea of doing nothing sometimes is exactly what our bodies need. And in the Baha'i faith, Abdu'l-Baha, he always says, rest so that you can serve, sleep so that you can serve, 
We forget about those things oftentimes. Rest, mm -hmm. and then you get up and serve. Sleep, we need to sleep. Mm -hmm. So then you can get up and you can do your work and then you can serve. Mm. How do you do that, Jamie? I feel like you're you're the best one at resting in this, uh, wow. <laughs> in, on, in this table. I don't, uh, be, before I share that, Liz, if you don't mind, let me yes. just say one thing. <clears throat> I'm proud of you, I love you. Thanks for sharing that. Thank you for asking. And thank you, Liz, for bringing that up because I think that is a really important thing. I, I just thought people would, you know, again, r relate it, to that. Because yeah. I, I know I've struggled with that and I've, I've been seeing it like it's pop up. It's so important because yeah. we can take that same mentality. Yes, exactly. And we can go like yes. nonstop into healing yes. and meetings and all of this type of yes. stuff. And I, so just to, to, to the final thing is I've actually decided to take, I'm taking a few months off and I'm letting the dust clear. Mm -hmm. And I've and I've done that before. There's mm -hmm. times where I'm like, I'm not gonna go to therapy this week because I went I went so deep last week, I'm still processing. Yeah. And that's okay. Yes. Yeah. You're listening to your body. Yeah. Well, yeah. I love that you had said that because there isn't I have feared that you may become addicted to healing. Mm. Um and, and that's not to say that we don't need to heal. Do the work. Yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. But then that be, can become an addiction mm -hmm. in itself. Um Emily and I talk about it a lot. And, and again, talk about I, it a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think you're not alone. And I see it again. I, 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 to me, TikTok is like a really interesting focus group into the world. Uh -huh. And, um, and I see it a lot on TikTok that people are over. Mm -hmm. And I think it's affecting people's dating lives. I think it's affecting That's like right. I'm not ready until I'm healed. I'm not ready to date. Right. Ultimately, we are here. I believe on this planet to experience joy. To experience the sunshine. Um, that so we do the work so that we can experience it. So, so long as we remember, in my estimation, that all the work you are doing is so that you can be your best self. That's the only and, reason. And to experience joy yeah. and to uh, um, um, give joy to others, remind people of their purpose, which is to experience joy. But you know what's so interesting? I had a moment in, um, in one of these meditations where I had to go through tears and anger and rage and it was crazy because one of the things I've struggled with early on was the joy. Like mm. Where where is the joy? Where it's it's locked somewhere, and I couldn't get to it. And it was and when I allowed myself the freedom to feel all the things that I maybe hadn't been allowed to feel for fear of being too much, because I was always told I was too much, mm -hmm. and yet I was also then told I wasn't enough. I found it, and it was on, and it was after sobbing and then screaming, and then I started laughing. Good, and there it was. And it's like, sometimes you need that to know that it's there. It's like when the light peeks out from behind the clouds. Yeah. So I appreciate this conversation. And yet the reason is also to be closer to God, honestly, to be closer to my family and to enjoy and be grateful for the things that are right here. Hmm. You've created a lot and done a lot of things worthy of um, experiencing joy. You've moved a lot of hearts and you've empowered and inspired many um, you're doing work in this respect. Um, you champion people that are um, don't have the opportunities that maybe you've been afforded. Um, so you are doing a lot of good work. So keep doing the work, yes, and also live in the joy for the things you have created, your children and Amen. your wife, which that's, you do. That's the goal. That's uh, the goal. That's the goal. You're listening to the Mad Enough Podcast. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the Mad Enough Podcast. I'm curious, I know you asked me a question, but Liz, I would love to know, because on TikTok here, you are generally someone with that smile of yours, uh, omits joy. Aw. Not omits, emits, not omits, <laughs> <laughs> emits joy. <laughs> you omit joy. It's a big difference. It's a big difference. I didn't even I'll catch delete, it. I'm delete, too delete, early delete. for me. 
<laughs> um, <was> like, mm. <laughs> tell us, are you always experiencing joy? No. <laughs> no. What? She just told me this God. morning. This morning what? she was like, oh. Tell us some of your journey, and, maybe some of the things that you struggle with or um, the process that you do to um, find it. Or some of the stuff that's you can't find. For me, the easiest gateway to feeling more joy in my life is accepting sadness and yes. n- n- you know misery and and negative negative emotions, right? Even the fact that we call sadness and anger negative to me is tells us a lot about um our society and how repressed we are when it comes to those emotions because I feel like I've made some of my best decisions out of anger. When when anger because all emotions are our messages. Mm. And you can choose to listen and act as a result or you can choose to repress them and act in a different way that will most likely just mean that that emotion, right, will just stay with you or you know, it'll be taken out on some someone else or something else, right? And the more I'm able to actually yeah, recognize my sadness and recognize my anger, um, and listen and accept it, the the more joy I am actually able to feel in my life. You know, it's so funny because every time I come to LA, I just think it's so funny because I feel like in LA, you're not allowed to be sad. I feel like it's just, hmm. a, part of it is the weather. Hmm. Part of it is just like every day is, you Sunny. know, and I need a rainy day. Like I need like a cloudy, like just feeling a little nostalgic or morose or, right? There's all kinds of different emotions that we, um, you know, again, don't fall in the bucket of like anger or I'm so sad or I'm too depressed. Sometimes I'm just a little nostalgic. I understand the good vibes only crowd. I understand the desire to be happy. I mean, I did a graduate program in happiness and social policy. I was obsessed with happiness, but that's what I realized was actually preventing me from being happy was where like the pursuit of happiness is what ends up Mm -hmm. being you know, what, what the biggest obstacle to happiness. So this is a very long winded way of answering your question mm-hmm. that accepting the moments where I don't feel joy and being okay with them and not, you know, I used to like put on a smiling face and, or just not see people think I, I'm not deserving of seeing people if I'm not feeling joy. And, and I realized like showing mm-hmm. up exactly how I'm feeling and how I feel, which Honestly, in this podcast, I feel like it's been like I've at the beginning I wasn't. And then I made myself be like, no, like show and not for a long time. Obviously, you you know, we got into it pretty quickly, but it really helped me actually, again, commit to that idea. And I feel like, again, my life was improved. Our relationship was improved. Um, everything was improved from it. So tell tell us concretely. Uh, you experience a lot of, um, you, you have a, you're a high profile person where you speak a lot about, you're super educated and you speak a lot about masculinity, feminism, um, different topics that are going on in the world and you get a lot of, um, support and you get some vitriol also, Mm -hmm. um, from the very side that you also are supporting can also throw bricks at you and another side may throw bricks at you. So I can only imagine that that weighs heavy on your heart at different times Mm -hmm. while also feeling wonderful for the work that you do. Yeah. But tell us something, Liz, personally, that you struggle with. What are some things that make you sad? Oh God, so many things. I feel sad when I don't, um, when I when I feel like I've not lived up to the idea of what other people think I am. Mm-hmm. This morning I was telling Justin, like I got dunked by basically my hero in a giant group chat of 
activist in the abortion rights movement <laughs> and like dunked solid. And um, mm. and I just invited this small group of people that I've been working with into the chat. It was literally like, come to this party. You invite your friends and then you you just get like dissed um, <laughs> right when you walk in the door. But I, but you were for, for stretching like you were doing. Yes. I believe. And, and you don't have to share what happened, but I believe what you were doing is important work as an activist. And you were asking them to stretch maybe beyond their ideas of what mm -hmm. they were comfortable with. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it was true. I didn't say, and that actually helps me when that happens, when, again, there's a reaction. You know, the two things I go when, when there's a conflict, like, is this true and is this about me? Is this true? Yes. What I said is true to me. And is her reaction about me? I don't think so. It's it's about her, and and she's entitled to that reaction, uh, and having that perspective, and then I can move on from that instead of dwelling on it and then turning it into a story. That's what I would do. I would turn everything into mm -hmm. a story, and I think that's a really valuable thing for people. You know, when you are in a spiral, ask yourself, what's the story I'm telling myself about what happened? Mm -hmm. Because very often it'll go to that root thing whatever your thing is, right? Whether it's your body not being enough or you're, you know, generally not feeling enough. It, it'll go to a core kind of thing that you deeply kind of fear about yourself. Um, so so that's what I do. And then I also have to laugh about it. You, I, Humor is just the best. It's the best. Because if you laugh about something, it can control you. And and then also you're not taking yourself so seriously. I also realize like I'm thinking about this and like what are people thinking? And I'm like, you know what they're thinking about? They're thinking about themselves. Themselves, and, always. And, right, like I'm not going to be so narcissistic and delusional that like I'm thinking everyone's thinking, oh, wow, that was embarrassing for Liz. And like, oh, well, what, you know, and analyzing what I said. And I, I was like, It'll I'm not going to do that. five seconds in their mind. Yeah, it's like the five-second rule. When you drop something on the floor, it should be a five second. Like, I'm going to think about this for five seconds and then I'm moving on, you know? Thanks for sharing that, Liz. Thank you. Does that make sense? It what does. about you? I mean, I'm curious sense. what you. By the way, laughing also, just... besides just the physiological response it creates and produces chemicals in our brain. Yes. That do lift our mood. Yes. It's so, like crying. You're right. So I had this, <laughs> in my earlier days, I had this idea. It was such a bad idea. Maybe it was a good idea. But I, when I was, I was an entrepreneur trying to start companies in my early 20s and i had this, this idea for something called the happy app happy app happy app if anyone's here and wants to make it Sounds please like make it and it was very simple oh. it was it was a reminder to take a selfie smiling mm. and it would line up with your face and then once you smiled it would keep that smile for five seconds and then you would stop because over time the smiling creates yeah. and produces the chemicals in our brain that actually lead to lifting us out of these feelings of depression mm -hmm. and sadness. Mm -hmm. It's called the happy app. Didn't work, didn't uh, but it. but feel free, everybody. No, even putting a pencil between your <laughs> your, uh, your your teeth, yeah. Yeah. it will make you. It's it's weird, well, but it's academic peer reviewed studies. You can do that because you have like perfect weight, hey, just perfect hey, teeth. Jamie, tell us some more things. Jamie, what about I? I want to ask you like my vasectomy. Do you want <laughs> Jamie? Okay. I mean, I feel like Jamie, I often ask myself, like, how does Jamie do it? Huh. And this was before you were even promoted to, I'm talking like work is one thing. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you do this podcast and run this company and do all the things. 
and be a father and have all these kids and like know them so deeply and personally. And every time I call you, you're like spending time with them at a cool thing, doing a cool activity that I wish I was I was at uh, or that my dad did with me. Um, you're oh. so amazing. And you're also such a good friend. Like you're so present and you're 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 um, you're so available and you're so committed to your friends, not just healing or happiness, but like full actualization, like self-actualization as, mm. as, as human beings. And I guess like, how do you, first of all, like, how do you do that and, and manage all of that? Cause I think everyone kind of wishes they were a friend. They, they yeah. could be a friend like you are to, to other people, but also does, does that take away from what you're doing for you? Mm. Like, how do you have, how? So I got, thanks for some of those things you've said. Um, number one, I think, um, uh, I've witnessed women my whole life. Women do this every day, all the time. Juggling, managing, mm -hmm. keeping joy for other people, holding space for children, for their men in their life, um, for their brothers, for humanity. Um, you know, at my estimation, carrying the, the, the world on their shoulders. I've learned from women. But for me, uh, uh, um, let me just give you the short answer. <laughs> um, I have always been, since I was a kid, good at everything. Dare I say that? Wow. Um, I was this protege as as a, as a, a, a musician, real young. You can uh, play any instrument. Well, I don't know about, and I was working really, and and I there are a lot of accolades, and and I was good at it. Uh. Um, it's also good athletically in sports. I was good at just whatever was around me, I, I can do. I can do most things pretty well. I was always good with people. Um, I never lacked confidence. I wasn't arrogant. Um, I, was, it, it, I was taught to be humble. So there's that. So I developed a lot of skills, I believe, mm. at an early age. One of those things uh, is taking care of my mother from an early age, right. who's bipolar. Mm -hmm. Um, and a lot of carrying a lot of that being what I still say is, and still to this day feel, um, her savior. And it's, it's triggering now in ways that it wasn't before. So I got used to taking care of people, mm -hmm. lifting up people, pulling people out of slumber. Um, but I'm also grateful for it because I think that's part of what we are supposed to do. Those of us that have the skill to do that, we're supposed to help one another mm -hmm. out. Um, I did forget about myself growing up. I was gonna say, yeah. um, and I didn't learn how to do that till later, um, which is why maybe I'm a little bit pissed off at you sometimes with the amount of work you put in yourself. But but I but I did do a, 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 a and I mean, when I say pissed off, like envious. Yeah, it just it's the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but, yeah. But I have learned this, Liz. Um, my I went through such a dark time, which I've talked about before, so I won't go through it all. But um, where my life was blown up, and I worked really hard to build it back. Mm -hmm. And I want to make the most of it. So I live in joy. Mm -hmm. So I keep relationships alive. So I was just telling you the other day, every day when I drive, every day, there's not a day that goes by that I don't call somebody that I haven't spoken to. That's not a regular person. I talk to you all the time, right? We talk all the time. But someone, who haven't I spoken to? So I'll uh, skim through my phone. And whose name is it? Okay, Sarah or mm -hmm. Todd. And I call him. Hey, how you been? What's been going on? How's life? I do it every day. So that's one way that I keep friendships alive. 
But also, I learn something that maybe I wouldn't have otherwise, and it gives me joy, or I get to pray for somebody, or whatever it is. I also do that with people close in my life. I make sure that I make a call every day to someone that is close. So I feel like th those things gives, gives me energy. I'm reminded of my purpose. Mm. And I need to do this because I was thrust into a role here at Wayfair um, quickly. Sorry. <laughs> but in one hand, super equipped for, and on the other hand, not. And what the hell, and the pressure of that. And then a whole group of people that um, are now potentially judging, why is this guy now the president? Why is he the, the big boss, so to speak? But wasn't that also your childhood? You were thrust sure. into. I was. Uh, yes, it was. I was thrust in stuff, and I and I. You, you know, weren't equipped to and, handle, and, but you did it, and, and that's I've done what it you do in my in the music business for years and years. And I've ran businesses, and I've been but, successful. But with that, everybody that works at this studio knows why. I don't know they if don't, that's true they, or not. No, but, it is. It is. But and 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 it's imp and I'll just say this for anybody who's listening or anybody who's listening who has companies or who. Um, or maybe is like uh, Jamie and taking on a new role. I I could have hired a president that had 25 years of a certain kind of experience. But instead I hired a man who makes everybody he's around feel comfortable, good about themselves, makes people feel seen and valued and heard, and checks in on people, has uncomfortable conversations, brings joy into the office and inspires everybody to be their best self. Can't teach that. Can't learn that. That comes from life experience. And I know I've told you that, but I'm just saying it here yeah. as well. Uh, resume on paper is one thing, but everybody, the second you walk into that office, they know why you're the president. Sure. I'm sure some people do. And then there's probably a whole group of people that don't, um, but that's fine. That's fine. I'm black. I know. I know what it's like to walk into a world and not be seen. So you know, and then still be seen. So I know how to get through that. Um, and you're a woman, and you know what that's like as well. And it's different. Um, but, yeah, I, don't, yeah. I don't know what that's. You like. don't know what that's like. I don't you're know tall like. and beautiful and white and <laughs> all the stuff. And ironically, somewhere inside of me, I feel like that. Yeah, but I, but I have no. I'm excuse. sure you still feel. I feel in that. Fact, way. I know you do. I am admitting lately and to my wife which she has not really heard me say that i don't more than i ever have i don't feel enough mm. but that's okay it doesn't mean like it's i mean that's probably just the journey but i've always felt enough mm. even being raised with a family that on my mom's side was all white and 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 didn't feel seen being black um, i still felt enough i've always felt enough i could walk into any studio and show up and know that i'm enough I can go into any business. I can go and sell someone's t-shirts that I've never done before and I know I'm enough. Mm -hmm. And yet now I'm starting to, maybe it's because I'm getting older. Maybe it's because- Or maybe, or maybe your wife's probably like, stop hanging out with Justin. No, no man. But, I mean, I he's think, rubbing off on you. I think this is probably, I mean, this feels like triggering. This is, because it's, what you're talking about is like, this is what happened in your childhood, both with your mom and also not being seen by by this white family. like needing to step into this role against all odds is very similar to what you went through as a child. So I'm, I'm sure it's, there's reverberations there mm. and that's hard. Mm. It's, it's not just like, Oh, this is a hard job. It's it, there's probably old feelings in there. Yeah. There's probably some of that, you know, but can I say, let one me thing? finish. Yes, please. No, no, please. Let, let me finish. just finish with this one. 
um, while that is there, and, and sometimes I don't feel enough, man, I am the happiest I've been in my life. I have my wife, Natasha, who is, I call her the third best woman to ever walk the planet. I have not met the first or second, but I tell her that you are the third for sure. There <laughs> might be one or two out there in the world. I haven't been to the outbacks of China. I haven't been somewhere in Japan or in Kenya and Africa in some mm -hmm. village. And maybe there's one or two people better than you, but I haven't met them. So I'm gonna leave room that there are two people better than you. <laughs> <laughs> so, but for sure, there are no more than two people. So she's the third best per woman in the world. Um, <laughs> and, um, and my goodness, she is a, um, she is the, mm, she is my heart. She is my light. She is so, such a good soul who is obedient to um, goodness, to God, to her children. She's really good and I don't deserve her, but you don't say no to a gift from God. So you just show up anyways. You know, you don't say, no, God, I'm gonna take the gift. So whether you're deserving or not, you just show up and you earn it every day. Um, and I have children that I love, all four of them are amazing. I got a daughter that's gonna be a, a mom. I'm gonna be a grandpa, a son who's 19, Nak Giovanni. My daughter's Jasmine, my son, Nak Giovanni, we call him Nak. And I have my son, Breakwell, who's six, and my daughter, Day, who is five. And I have a home that we love, and I have a job that I love, and I have friends that I adore. And I have Justin as a brother. So, uh, hey, I'm good. <laughs> Even when I'm not enough, I'm still good. You're listening to the Mad Enough Podcast. We'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Mad Enough Podcast. Look, everybody feels Jamie's spirit. That's one of that's uh, that's why we asked him to be on the podcast, right? Yeah. For the not audience, not because I had a book. You mean for the audience to know? <laughs> not because I had a book or like for, listen, thousands. For, hold on, of for the audience followers. to know when we started this, this was supposed to be just Liz and me. Mm -hmm. Liz and I were going to do the show, and I called an old audible last minute and I felt very strongly that Jamie should be mm -hmm. third voice and I think it was oh my God. the right choice. Of course. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, um, there's no other. But I want to say, I just want to say one thing. Everything, yes, is true. And like you, always give me a little bit of advice or some feedback, which is one of the things I love about our friendship and relationship. There's one thing that I want to say to you. Uh oh. Which is I love I love that every day when you're driving, you call somebody. I love that you check in. In fact, in some ways, there's been many times where you are the mirror to me of like, ah, I'm not doing enough as a friend. And then I have to remember the season I'm in right now is about rebuilding myself spiritually, holistically, physically, so that I can be that friend to people. And so then I have to not judge the fact that, no, I don't want to call somebody right now. I don't feel like that. I'm in. And that's okay. This is a season where I'm in. And I've never seen you, at least for 10 years, have a season where you allow yourself to be in for a second. And I just want to challenge you at some point to not make a call. To make a call inside the house. To make, just, I'm just saying. To, <laughs> that's, that's my goal. That's my goal. So, no, I, no, no, that's but, but that's once a I week. Up, that, that, but, you're still, but you're not alone. All I'm saying is, just... Just hear me. 
one day, one day a week, the urge you feel to make a call to somebody else, that pull, in the same way that I might have a pull to pick up and check my fucking phone or an email, I just would love for you to do nothing and to just to let whatever is there and feeling come up and just do nothing. Don't make the call. Just one day. Then you can make two calls the next day. All right, I can do that. If, if I can make two calls the next day. You can day. make two calls the next because day. Because that goes against something, but I hear no, you. Just and, make two. And, and just I, make two the next day. That's I, all. I, I appreciate just sit, the sentiment. I just want Jamie to have a set, because there, what I have observed is that there is no time in your day outside of when you go and take a crap where you're alone. And I just want you to be okay for 10 minutes. Just don't take the call and just, just check in with yourself. I hear that. That's I all. hear that. Okay. I hear that. That's all. And and let me just say this <laughs> to end with this thought. Um, Abdul Baha, um, who I like to uh, uh, try to mirror my life as much as I can, says, when you are feeling low and despondent and mm -hmm. you can't find your way out, then immediately be go be of service to another. And you yes. will soon find that your loneliness and your feelings will dissipate. Um, and I do feel like that is the secret sauce. I agree. And um, so while I hear that, there is also a culture that I see. Everyone's like, well, what's good for me? And I haven't, you know, and, and in order to be happy, first you have to be happy and mm -hmm. all that stuff. And I actually think the opposite. In order for me to be happy, when I go and see that Liz and I've done something for Liz, that is I agree joy. with you. That is when agree. we think of others in the world, which is why our countries and nations and everybody is divided because everyone is thinking about themselves mm -hmm. and how can I be better? And I can be better when I am concerned more about others. And in that, I you know, then I then you have the time for yourself. So it's not yes. to ignore yourself. No, but, yes. But and and so and we're saying the same thing. We but are. in that Abdul Baha quote, he says, When you find yourself feeling, that's how it starts. Yeah. And I believe sometimes we don't allow ourselves the chance to feel and we just go and do the thing. All right. I, I, so I allow, that. So, so take the whole quote and allow yourself to feel the thing and then go do it. And that's all I'm saying. Agreed. Is sometimes we don't feel. We Agreed. don't allow ourselves to feel. You agree feel. with that, Liz? I agree. I think it's a little bit of both. Um, it's a little bit of both. But I do learn a lot from you because I, I sometimes I, I, again, I'll be like, I can't call a friend because I don't have, I, I won't have the right thing to say, right? Or, or, or whatever. Or like, mm. I can't, if someone else is feeling something, if I can't handle my own stuff. Yeah. And I realize often like through, again, I mean, a lot of 12-step programs about service, right? It's about like actually being there for someone else. Often the thing that you're saying to the other person is, is a thing that you kind of need to hear for yourself. And mm. so I think it, it goes both ways. reminded of your words. Yes, being there for other people is a way to be there for yourself, right? Here's what it's Jamie not, does. It, there's no binary, right? That's like, right. Between I, the, I hear that's this. What Here's I'm, what Jamie does. Because you, you said yeah. uh, you don't know what to say. And I wrote about this in the book. Jamie says, make space for nothing yeah. with your friends. Yes. Don't call. Don't call because with you need agenda. something or with an agenda. Call and say, I got nothing. I just want to hear your voice. Mm -hmm. How are you? Mm -hmm. And that's taught me a lot. Mm -hmm. Real friendships are taught built in the nothingness. I, know. I love that. That's where they are. When it's just five, ten minutes gone by and there's nothing other than you talked about this. This microphone. This is what I feel like the last hour has been. All right. We've talked a lot about healing. We talked yes. a lot about friendships and joy and happiness. We hope that this was a uh, we hope that this was a service to you. Yeah. And what would be an even more meaningful service to us is if poor you Liz. kept it going. Poor Liz. <laughs> I say poor Liz because you have I'm sorry, Jay, you were ending. No, it's okay. I, That's fine. I, I, I was just I, having I, a meaningful I, chat with the audience, but you know what, keep going. 
I, I, I say poor Liz and I say that, that you hold such space for Justin and I. <laughs> I try to be the... Um, and we are on the show, Man Enough, which we are talking, we're trying to just work through it all, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and maybe inspire one or, or, I don't know, piss off another. That's fine too. Mm-hmm. Be pissed off at me all you want. Let's talk about it. But you hold space in such a beautiful and wonderful way where you um, hold us accountable and, and also... Uh, you just hold space really well for us, and that shouldn't be your job. And I, I don't know how you feel about it ultimately, but um, I appreciate you. And and I also think poor Liz has got to just deal with all of our growing and learning and showing up. We, we're all growing and we're all showing up and we're all learning, including me. My God, I don't. I'm, I'm a yeah, mess. I think you know, just like you. You're a mess. We're I don't feel. I don't feel. I don't feel poor, Liz. No, maybe like you do. Well, I just mean I poor feel, Liz for having I, to well, deal with because all my you're, crap. No, no, no. Because you guys, are, like, this conversation was also, like, about your friendship. Like, like let's talk about, like, yeah. that, that, right? That so part. I'm trying to be the peacemaker and agree with both of you because I know that you guys are having theoretical questions, you know, uh, interrogations about friendship and about loneliness and about, but it's also about your friendship and the fact that I think, Jamie, you would like Justin to to reach out a little bit more to you and you would like Jamie, Jamie oh, no, to no, let no, no, you. Oh, no, 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 Liz. Please I'm do not it. reach out to me more. Please do not. Let's <laughs> Got it. Let oh, me okay. reach out to you. Mm-hmm. No, but this I, was not about you two at all. Please do not reach out There's to me more. Nothing I don't personal. need any more voice from you. <laughs> and I want him to reach out to me less. Okay, got it. Great. Um, thank you so much for listening. Uh, hey, you asked for this. Maybe not you, but <laughs> the collective you asked for more of the three of us. So, and let uh, us know what you think, right? Like, how do you be a better friend? Yes. How do you uh, heal yes. and not make it this perfectionist journey? And this, you know, I, I'm, I'm very curious about what, how people feel about this because I, these are questions I have. Absolutely. And thank you so much to all of you for listening. Regardless of where you are in your healing journey, your spiritual journey, my favorite quotes, we'll keep bringing it back to Abdu'l-Bahá says that the only difference between human beings is that we are at different stages of our spiritual development. And so do not compare yourself to any of us. Who you are is enough. And uh, may this podcast uh, may this podcast be, be helpful and of service in some way to you because uh, just talking about it is helpful and in service of us. If you like us, please go to manenough.com slash podcast. And download us wherever you get your podcasts. And until next time, I'm Justin Baldoni. I'm Liz Plank. And I'm Jamie Heath. And you are enough. Enough. Thank you for listening to the Man Enough podcast, produced by Wayfair Studios and presented by Procter & Gamble in partnership with Cadence 13 and Odyssey Company. Hosted by Justin Baldoni, Liz Plank, and me, Jamie Heath. If you like what you heard, please follow us and tune in weekly as we undefine masculinity and learn in real time. Justin Baldoni, Jamie Heath, and Tara Maholtra Feinberg from Wayfair Studios, Mark Pritchard and Anna Saufeld from Procter & Gamble, and Chris Corcoran from Cadence 13 are our executive producers. Kayla Nicholson is our producer. Ashmi Elizabeth Dang is head of marketing. And Susie Landers O'Connell is our lead editor. Thanks for listening.